do podcast, a podcast about mental health, films, television, everything, and all that fun and groovy stuff. Today, I've got my friend, my amazing friend, Tabby. Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks <laughs> Sorry, for joining. Sorry, I'm so awkwardly high-pitched. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I get to, like, listen to all of this over and over and over again, so it's great. Um, I enjoy the high-pitchedness. Oh, fantastic. I go, I go high-pitched. Um, how are you? How are you today? Today I'm good, I think. Yeah, I'm really grateful for fresh air and it's going to be summer soon, like in a couple of sleeps, if you think about it. Yeah, December's yeah, that's true. That's the, December is... Li- <laughs> I've just realized it's... When I was looking at the date today, I was like, man, it's like closer to the end of November. And mm-hmm. I was like, crap, like Christmas is really Christmas close. This is like less than a month away now. I know. Yeah. Um, have you got all your presents sorted? No. I think everyone this year is going to be getting me as a gift because I cannot afford anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you lost your job. I did, I did. But you got a new job. But I got a new job, yes. So what, what, what were you doing before when COVID started? So before COVID started, I was working at a restaurant and then it survived through COVID. And then um, my lovely boss was, um, she just ended up selling the business and I found, oh. yeah. So um, I did have a new job secured with the mm-hmm. new new owners but I decided to I didn't feel a piece or excitement about it really like yeah. I was like I need to do something different now I'm 23 <laughs> um I've got to get like you know on. you've got to get you've got to move I've got to move on and uh, expand yeah. and um when I was waiting for the new store to open mm-hmm. or I should say the store to reopen I got a Facebook message from a lady who wanted to employ me at her childcare so oh awesome yeah she was like tabby i loved your personality i was always so impressed and i never wanted to ask you when you were working at your old (laughs) restaurant but would you um work with the kids and i was like sure you know like that'd be fine and so i'm not studying or anything but they've just got me on as like an extra pair of hands so i'm not a teacher necessarily more so a helper but that's awesome yeah so Uh, oh my god that's so cool and also the cool thing about you is also you're training to be an actor, as well as a stunt woman. Yes, ma'am. Which is kind of like <laughs> the two. So acting kind of, you know, was that first or was stunt work Acting first? was first, actually. Yeah. It's so funny because I got into acting because I was reading kids I nannied at the time a storybook, <laughs> which is so silly. But the response from the kids of like the effort that I put into telling them the story yeah. and the voices and the wham and the the excitement of the sound effects and um, just the just the whole experience. I was like, I'd love to be able to do this more yeah. often and 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 sh- tell stories and share um, experiences and just interpret what people have written and that's awesome. Try and yeah, bring that to life. So and then and then kind of like stump. And then, yeah, so I was thinking, how can I, I don't know, increase my chances at becoming more successful or have a longevity career of longevity? Like, yeah, longevity. longevity. Have a career that's long, that's got longevity. Um, And I thought, well, I'm really active and I grew up doing different bits and bobs. And when it, when I say bits and bobs, it's like I was not only a dancer, but I went and did horse riding. And for a little while, I did something called equestrian vaulting, which is gymnastics on horseback. Oh my God. Um, And then I did like boxing and I just thought, you know, maybe, maybe I should like have a go at stunts. And so I messaged the um, people that I train with now and went to an assessment and I've been doing training now for a year, which is very exciting. And I'm a year further than I thought I would be, but. Yeah. I mean, like 
and kind of knowing that that's because mm. that's a very not a common like there's a lot of work health safety obviously yeah. with stunt training and Absolutely. everything but it's good to have the best of both worlds because you know you've got an active lifestyle mm-hmm. and you're kind of very being a very active person mm-hmm. but I've, i think all that energy is where you know if you can't get an acting gig, you can always get a stunt gig. Like you yeah. have the those two but again, worlds. Us, yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's great. Thank you. Um, but I mean, like, is there any you know with that? Was that something you kind of like foresaw, kind of your trajectory going, or is it just kind of? I'm so surprised. I'm still still training. I couldn't <laughs> believe it to be honest. Um, you know, at the beginning, I was very much airy fairy, like, oh, I'll do it, you know, and then. I started to enjoy it a lot more than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, and I train with people that are really safe and patient and really knowledgeable and really have an eye for detail and eye for helping. And, and I think because of their support, I've been able to feel more comfortable in continuing the stunt yeah. career and pursuing that. And, um, yeah, I just love it. It brings me so much ha- like happiness and it's been good for my mental health. And, um, it's just been, such a godsend this year because this year's been so hard so having something to look forward to has been exciting yeah and i mean like you know we talk about 2020 as being the 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 (laughs) i feel like everyone has had opinions about 2020 Mm -hmm. on this podcast Mm -hmm. but um it is the year kind of just plans that didn't go to plan and things that didn't go to absolutely um but it's amazing that you kind of you're one of those people who's found the positive in the experience um because you could have gone either two ways you could have completely just done nothing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. or and you've managed to completely do the opposite which is do as much as you can yeah Uh, how do you like is that something that just you know you felt came naturally to you or is it really kind of a push for you i think it's something that comes naturally to me just to kind of make the most of the here and now Mm. Um, I very much get caught up in worry and, and, you know, self-doubt and things like that. But this year was like so hard that I knew that I needed to be proactive in things that I'm passionate about to get myself through them. Sorry, through 2020. And, um, you know, a lot of things didn't come to fruition like I was hoping to, but I was so grateful to still have stunts and still be able to act. Yeah. I was just really grateful to, um, have the things that came up this year come up because this year was like supposed to be a year of travel and like getting qualified and being a bit more um, on task with acting and yeah, but it just wasn't like that. Um, but that was due to like a whole bunch of personal stuff. But um, yeah, because yeah. you've you know you've had a bit of a interesting year. Yeah. Um, do you want to? talk a bit about <laughs> like, yeah i mean i can um i won't like specify who they are yes but i mean they will be one person i'll specify but <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah because did your your grandfather passed away this year yeah he passed uh, away in april yeah. yeah and he was a big influence on you you yes. kind of was your you were basically his carer yeah um through most of his time and um yeah, the last four years. Yeah, which is, you know, and, you know, from all your social media and everything, mm. he seems like such a a very sweet man. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, yeah. Like, what was it What was it like looking after him in the last few, 
Genius. Oh my gosh. It just blessed my heart being able to spend time with him. There was no other person on this planet I'd rather spend my time with. And I knew that I was young and I could have been studying and that that's a different thing. But I just loved having his company. I loved hearing what he had to say about things. He was so gentle and very um, charming. He always made me laugh. Like, you know, there'd be times where I'd be so tired and I'd be so sad that, you know, he wasn't how I was when I was a kid. But in those moments, he'd turn around and he'd say something like, oh, I love you or very well put together. He was very well dressed. He he was very eloquent in the way he spoke. He was generous, not just, you know, with money and, and stuff, but very generous with his time and his love and um, his wisdom like oh my goodness he he was so funny you know I I would be bawling my eyes out about the you know silliest thing and he would just turn to me and be like Tabby take the emotion out of it and I'd be like no I don't want to take the emotion out of it and he would go just take the emotion out of it and as soon as I took the emotion out of it I was like wait he's so right like I was able to understand things way more um, once I removed emotion from but, you know, we had some really great times. Like we'd go on walks together. Yeah. They weren't super long walks. Um, but he, I spent a lot of time documenting on my camera what we would do. So whether it was eating ice cream for breakfast, you know, a couple of times when we ate ice cream for breakfast. Um, but that's because like he wanted ice cream and I knew that that would enhance his quality of his day. Yeah. And then I thought if I joined in too, like it would just help him feel like it was normal yeah um, so it was so cute he had his little like low-fat vanilla ice cream and then I had my vegan chocolate ice cream <laughs> and we'd put them in cones and eat cones like no that <laughs> we would eat uh, ice cream for breakfast and I just he he was my soulmate like I just loved my like loved him and yeah. we'd go out on walks and he'd just just you know We'd hold hands sometimes and I'd be able to wrap my arm around his bicep and just be super close to him. And um, that was really sweet. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I miss him every single day, like if, almost every single moment, you know, but yeah. um, he had dementia. So mm. um, right up until the end, you know, he fought a really good fight in trying to just keep him I don't know how to say this. Like, yeah, I, he, I know what you mean. It's he like, just really fought it. You know, you could tell that he didn't. He knew what was happening, and, um, you know, he just was so good at, um, even in those states of forgetfulness, he, he was just very gentle. Like, he, there was never an aggressive outburst that he had. So I was really grateful for that. Um, really blessed by his and that just showed me who he really was like yeah just as a as he didn't a, let it debilitate him at all yeah yeah and so I just was so grateful to be able to like right up until the moment he drew his last breath and even beyond that I, I was just able to see that he was just a gentle man and were you able to see him um yeah just before because not everyone's quite fortunate to see you know, so were you there yeah. when he um, passed away? I was. I was holding his hand. Um, so what happened was because it was in COVID, he a few weeks before he broke his hip, oh, and wow. that was super traumatic. But we were able. We hadn't seen him for maybe a week or so, and we went up to the hospital to see him in the hospital, and um, 
he was in a lot of pain and it was so, so traumatic to see that. But we were in the hospital and for a couple of days I just went up and I was like very there. Like I just wanted to be there with him. And Mm. um, so I'd visit him and spend time with him. And he was very much so much in pain that he wasn't really talking or, um, you know, eating much. And then they operated on him and I got pulled aside by the uh, doctor and she goes, oh, honey, just so you know, I don't think he's got longer than six months to live. And I was in the hospital all by myself and I just bawled because this man means the world to me. And I just thought, I don't need to hear that right now. I just yeah. want to see him healthy and happy and um, and not in pain. And so then he went back to the nursing home for a week and they we weren't allowed to go in. So... Um, he we would facetime him but yeah he wasn't very responsive on the facetime um because he was very tired all the time and mm. he started to stop he just wasn't eating as much and and then um we got a phone call about four days later from one of our last facetimes and they were like you need to come in and say goodbye wow. and i was like so not prepared to do that because um like I just didn't want to believe that because I thought he was going to walk me down the aisle at my wedding and I thought he was going to be here to meet my kids and I thought he was going to be here to see my first work on television um, or in a film. And um, so we went down and I sat with him for seven days straight um, and just held his hand. I prayed. I read Bible verses to him. I stayed um, just super close to him and, you know, there's so many tears and, it was weird because he wasn't very responsive. Mm. I, there was there was no conversations had in those seven days of sitting with him. Um, there were a couple moments where he opened his eyes to see me, um, and that was really special. But I'm also not sure if he was able to actually see me through just like the lack of energy that he had. Yeah. But um, I was able to hold his hand, and as the days went on, like his hand grip went weaker and weaker and until you know there was no hand grip but um it was just it was a powerful seven days in a sense because um like it could have I could have let it really affect me and just Mm. you know make me never want to see him and not want to be there but I was determined to just stay um and then you know he he took his last breath um you know about midday on a Thursday um but it was it was quite and I say this really lightly but there was like an entertaining moment where like maybe 20 minutes before he passed away he took a deep breath and we didn't hear um an exhale and we didn't hear an inhale for maybe 30 seconds and we were like oh it's it's happened like he's gone and then all of a sudden he goes (gasps) and we were like oh my gosh like he didn't go (laughs) um and we just thought that was kind of him trying to make it a bit light-hearted and yeah and just be like it's okay like so um yeah he he passed away and it just sucked and i miss him every day (laughs) but um like i'm trying to do things that would make him proud and just be a good just just make healthy choices that reflect the influence he had on my life i guess (laughs) yeah no he sounds like and that's always kind of traumatic Mm. you know having someone almost kind of like a father figure he was he very much was he raised me yeah very much so very Um, much so 
so you know having having that losing that kind of ultimate connection mm. is you know can very much like be quite heartbreaking especially yeah. in you know obviously you're talking about covid times mm. where you know you had to facetime and everything you couldn't always mm. be there yeah. but the fact you know so lucky that you actually were oh my gosh um, i'm so thankful we were there yeah cuz that's you know and i think that just goes to the testament of um you know as you were saying coming out of it and being a very strong individual mm. versus you know, you could have gone the other way. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, you know, that's just, you know, commendable. But yeah, you, you. you, you know, you talk about him sort of raising you or anything, you know, mm. what was it like, you know, I guess, what you know, because normally people have their, mm-hmm. you know, parents. Mm. Were, were they just out of the picture or were they not a thing? No, so my mum was around. Mum was a single mum as we grew up from like, I think, so I'm 23 now and I was, I think, three when mum mom and dad separated. Um, so my grandpa, he would pick us up from school. He would take us to school. He would sit with me and watch me do ballet. Um, he would take us away for weekends or weeks in the school holidays so that mum could work. And, um, he just made life so much more enjoyable. Mm. So, um, he taught me to cook. He taught me to drive. He taught me to play golf. Um, he taught me to use a computer actually. Really? Yeah. He taught me to use a computer. Um, he, he sounds very aware. (laughs) He sounded like a man who was very aware of technology. Oh, he was, he was. And I like, you know, it was just, it was awesome to be able to have, um, such a hip grandpa, I think like, you know, he had a nice car and just dressed really well and was always very charming to the ladies Mm. when we were at the stores, you know, um, I always tell people of this story where I was going into the health food store and the lady didn't see me walk in. And so I walked in and I was with him and he didn't want to come into the store. So he just stood out by the door frame yeah. of the entry. And then all of a sudden I hear, oh, hi, how are you? And I turned around to reply to the lady because I thought she'd noticed me. And he goes, all the better for seeing you today. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's talking to him. And, like, he just – he was so charming. Like, he was so cute. And um, so I felt when I was 18 that um, it was important for me to change my last name to his last name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Law was not – Law was not my birth na- last name. Really? Yeah. So what is your birth last name? <laughs> and so – so interesting because um, I actually feel like I can never pronounce it properly, but it's so easy. It's Oldfield. Oldfield. Yeah. But I feel like I have to say like Oldfield, but <laughs> I don't know. I always felt weird saying Oldfield because I could never articulate it properly. So it would have been Tabby Ann Oldfield. Yeah. Tabitha Ann Oldfield was my birth name. I love your last name being Law. It's Thank so you. nice. Yeah, I think Law is really cool because of like what it means like to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really grateful to still have connections to my dad's side of the family and um like recent like that's a recent thing, but um yeah, I just felt like it was important to my grandpa and to me to honor him with my la- like the last name yeah. change just because of the influence that he had on my life. Um and yeah, so he just was everything to me. Like he'd come, like, do you know, he helped me pay for my um, textiles projects and just was always very 
very accommodating to chasing my dreams. He'd be the first one there at the finish line at Little Athletics on a Saturday morning at like 8 a.m. And he'd make sure I'd eat a big sausage sandwich after it because, you know, he'd want me to be refueled because I'm an athlete, you know. Because <laughs> like, like he was an athlete when he was younger as well. Yeah, he was rugby and he was a rugby player and he was a horse rider. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so he was a very much an athletic young man. Very athletic. Um, was he was he born here though? Yes, he was born in a small country town called Emmerville, which is like eight hours north, like wow. in the sticks. Yeah. So he was really like, you know, grew up with the whole kind of country culture and then just moved to the big city, was Yeah, he? he moved to the big smoke when he was really young, actually. Uh not young as in childlike, but um <laughs> when he was just this toddler a young walking adult. down the streets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um packed his little briefcase no um so <laughs> just he, in diapers ready to go yeah, yeah like, oh, it, was, it was good um he moved when he was maybe early 20s to the big wow. smoke yeah and then just got into the business world and thrived in the business world and yeah so he stayed in that and his family um his what well one his brother stayed in the country and mm. his sister moved to Newcastle and um, oh, wow. got married and had a family. And I think they have a really cool business um, for safety, construction site safety kind so of So it's things. a bit of a, like, he was a, one of three kids? One of three kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, he he's he was awesome. Well, uh, and then and then obviously your, um, you know, what happened to your mum? Like, is she, where is she at the moment? So I'm living with mum. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you moved into. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now so I put two, two, and two together. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you were your aunt moved in to the family house. The family house. Yeah. So you moved back in with your mum. Yeah. Um, how's that been? It's been lovely. Um, it's been definitely um, a different experience, but it's very much closer to stunt training. So I'm not driving for oh, half an okay. hour. Oh, okay. At night after I've just done like three or four hours of exercise and just, you know, just tired. So um, I'm enjoying it because um, it's just a new thing and it's helping me feel like I'm transitioning to the next thing one day, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, But also I'm very, I've just recently become really close with my mom. So um, yeah, it's just helpful. It's just beneficial for both of us to be living together. Do you think that's because of the... um the passing of your grandfather it's definitely because of that but it's also because of um just the kind of year that she's had yeah so um without going into too much like we nearly lost mum um a couple months ago and which was you know i think maybe the doctor's fault um so, which was pretty bad. Misdiagnosis or? Uh, no, they gave her too much of something. Like yeah. Oh, so right. Okay. It's, it's pretty, pretty full on. And um, poor mum just, yeah, just ended up having a seizure and ended oh, up Lord. in a coma for a couple of days. Um, and we, my brother and I thought we were going to lose her. We wow. really thought we were going to lose her. And thank goodness that she being the fighter that she is she came out on top and she's very cute i love mom she's always got really wise things to say and she's very patient with me and very supportive of what i want to do in life so you were you rebellious (laughs) difficult child yes because i was so rebellious and difficult but um um, yeah i think that's really like so it's 2020 has not been really your year then no the yeah it's not been like in terms of personal family yeah it's not been 
I hope you know I just think of it as character building to be honest <laughs> trying to look on the bright side um but it definitely hasn't been easy definitely yeah. been a year where everything that's gone that could have gone wrong has gone wrong to yeah be honest, if I'm and, honest. yeah and you've you know just stayed very much you know on top of it uh, I guess oh. <laughs> I, I did, you know I say that with like a grain of salt uh, yeah. um because you know obviously you know you talked about mental health how's your yeah. you know uh, you know I guess mm-hmm. with mental health, and mm-hmm. this is kind of always a contention <laughs> with, you know, people people like us. Yeah. Um, you always try and put on a brave face, don't Absolutely. you? You're one of those people who Absolutely. has to look after others. Yes. Not necessarily <laughs> want to be looked after. Very much. Um, how is that kind of like, you know, not just 2020, but how's your mental health like been coping with it all? Okay. So um, for the, the week's, Probably after my grandpa passed away, I ended up going to a doctor and she diagnosed me with uh, seasonal depression and anxiety okay. just because I found it so hard to, um, I don't know, just think on the brighter side of life, you yeah. know, and I just wasn't feeling myself. I was very drained. Um, I just wasn't. I was taking, I was, I knew like my grandpa took care of himself and I knew that that's what he would want me to do continuing on from this, no matter what bad thing happened in my life. And so I made an effort to always eat my veggies and, you know, I'm <laughs> typical vegan. I'm vegan. Um, <laughs> typical <but laughs> vegan. So like I made an effort to really try and just be eating nutritious food and yeah. I'd be eating big salads and like, but I'd. I don't know. Like it was, it's, it was a really interesting time because I, I had patience for things, but I was also feeling like I couldn't go anywhere to unwind or do anything like that because my grandpa was the person that I would, even though, you know, towards the end, he couldn't really talk back or understand what I was saying. Just being in his presence was healing for me and healing for those events of you know, whether it was a rough day at work or feeling sad about something or feeling hopeless, like just being in his presence made me feel safe and everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I'm still trying to find that, you know, but I mean, I'm grateful for my faith in God because that's been helping me a lot with just feeling hopeful instead of hopeless. Um, yeah. And then, so I went, you know, I started to come strong again and a lot stronger than what I was and, um, you know, there are moments where I find a lot of, like, I've, I've not cried ever in my entire life as much as I have in the last, uh, seven to eight months. Like I cry all the time at the drop of a hat now. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. But, um, something that has also helped me with this whole 2020 is just pressing into my acting and just maybe, for example, like we were given the opportunity after my grandpa passed away to do monologues that we would choose. And Mm. so I was able to do a monologue about um, grieving. And so I was able to work through a lot of what I needed to say or what I needed to do through like storytelling. Mm. And so I just was so blessed by the ability to have that happen, like going to Zoom classes for acting and during my weeks, just filling it with, yeah, just learning my script and, trying to bring to the table what it what it meant to me um so i've been really grateful for that but um you know recently my mental health um has been a little like full-on just because of everything that's been going on um 
with friendships and things like that. But I'm, I don't know, like, I'm not unwell, like, to the sense that where I was, like, maybe five months ago when the doctor was like, you've, you've got seasonal depression yeah. and anxiety. But I very much find a lot of things to be very overwhelming sometimes. Um, so... I think that's yeah. I think I think that's fair. I mean, do you find you know obviously you've got acting as an outlet mm-hmm. and you've got like mm-hmm. um you know certain friends as clearly as an outlet. Do you it, it's good in a way to not let it all kind of sink in. Mm. But I mean like, you know, the interesting thing about seasonal depression and any kind of form of depression mm. is it does like, you know, come and go and you know the mm. um I think with that, you know, letting it sort of simmer mm. in, inside of you rather than having an outlet it kind of can be a very self-destructive thing do absolutely you, um it's it's interesting that you know we have these things that do kind of shift us mm-hmm. um and it's also good in a way to not entirely rely on people like it's absolutely. good to have people to talk to yeah um but it's good to also rely on you because you're mm-hmm. kind of like st- you've only got you absolutely um you're kind of stuck with yourself yeah, for the rest yeah. of your life yeah <laughs> so you, you kind of got no one else yeah. um but you know we'll, we'll go on the um topic of acting first but you know with acting mm-hmm. and you're talking about these monologues were these monologues you wrote yourself or no, were they kind of just so constructed already just constructed so like one of them was from the fault in our stars and mm. which is like a really sweet movie um, uh, if you've seen it, there's a scene where um, Augustus asks Hazel to read him the eu- eulogy that he wrote her. Uh, sorry, she wrote him. And that's kind of what I did because I haven't been able to do a memorial for my grandpa or a funeral for him just yet. And so I was, I rewrote what they were saying in the movie to mm. what I would say. And then I went and put what I had to say behind the words that were on the script for the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Creative licensing, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, and and that's also kind of a way of grieving. Like, Absolutely, um, yeah. It's interesting. Like, so with, you know, your grandfather's situation, so what the deal – has he been buried, but you haven't had a proper funeral burial or is, is what, so like, what's the deal? So he was cremated. Ah. Yeah. And so his ashes are still at the family house, which is, um, good. Yeah. Um, we've got like a little bag for him and he's, one of his ties is over him. Like, Aww. yeah. So, but I think come the anniversary of his death, which will be like the first year anniversary, I think that's when we might do something. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, I had, the ability to say like let we could just do a funeral for with five people and i felt like he deserved a massive celebration of love and and just enthusiastic joy yeah you know around his celebration and and so i i thought i suggested to the family i think it's important that we do a big thing instead of just a small yeah thing so um yeah, we'll we'll have that hopefully. That's fingers, yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, that's the funerals this year mm-hmm. and restrictions and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've been quite fortunate this year to not have lost any family members. Oh, um, still fingers crossed. It's yeah. only like a month <laughs> left. Um, but yeah, in saying that, you know, the 
the fact that we were like, I think there were 10 people allowed on funerals. I went to mm. one funeral, I think, this year, oh. which was um, my neighbor's, like, this is a family neighbor's friend. She'd known me since I was born. So we'd been mm. living in um, my parents' house. And she was 100 and. What? Oh, no, she was 90 something. Oh she was almost gosh. 100 years old. She was an amazing woman. Yeah. And we went to her funeral and I met. And, I kind of just didn't know the extended family at mm. all. So, because mm-hmm. obviously I knew her, but mm-hmm. I didn't know any of the kids mm-hmm. or anything like that, except mm-hmm. for a couple of uh, her kids. Mm. So my dad went along to kind of have drinks afterwards. And I said, I said to my dad, I was like, you can go, but I'm not going to go because I don't, I feel like it's more of a them thing mm. rather than mm-hmm. a me thing. Cause like, yeah, everyone's grieving, but I feel like if it was an immediate family or someone who mm. I knew very well, I'd want to grieve with people. The fact that I knew her through kind of you guys, I kind mm. of want to just grieve in my own time to kind yeah. of like, mm-hmm. just be like, I remember so positive memories about this woman. And she mm. was like, um, and she would always talk to me, mm. you know, like up and down the streets and, mm-hmm. you know, used to walk me to the top when I was a little Aww. kid. So it was like, you know, just this lovely lady, um, uh, who lived next door. And, I think it was like she would occasionally slip me like twenty dollars when I <gasps> sweeped the streets, and I was like, oh, "That's so sweet!" Like, so sweet. um, so it was sort of like that kind of vibe. Yeah. But I do remember um the two big funerals I had in my life were both my grandparents mm-hmm. and both my grandmothers actually, because my grandfather's well well and truly passed away at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember first my mum's mum. I was very close to, like, mm-hmm. um, immediately very close to, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grew up um, till I was about 13, she was alive. Yeah. Um, and I would go and sit with her on the couch every morning when it was Christmas and sit with her and wake up, like, I used to wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah. So this little kid would come <laughs> out and sort of sit next to her and really kind of embrace that yeah. um, vibe and just love it and get excited. And she would always be like, no, we're going to wait until your mom and dad get up and, you know, just don't, you know, d- mm. don't open the presents and all this stuff. <laughs> so it was always very exciting for me. Yeah. And I know that when she passed away, um, that year was very troublesome for my mom because mm. not only in that year, she lost both her mother and her brother mm. on the same year. That so was a very awful year. Yeah. So my uncle died of a heart attack just shortly after he retired. So it was oh, very no. sudden. He was in his 50s and it was just really unfortunate um and i have fond memories of him he was a very quiet man but um yeah i mean i remember that being very difficult i remember just like going back to the house it was after i think my grand funeral so Mm -hmm. it was before my uncle's funeral but i remember going to the house of grand's and mom was sort of like having this moment of just really grieving. And I remember she said many years later, she was like, the most comforting thing for any mother is to see their child try and comfort them <laughs> and just tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because you have this sense of, I think, you know, it you're not kind of doing it alone. You're yeah. not, you know, even though you can process and grieve in different yeah. ways, you're not doing that grieving alone and especially now in 2020 when people Mm -hmm. you know the world is in a weird pandemic kind of situation um get us out of here (laughs) i know and there's sort of like there's a belief i have this sort of like mental belief which is uh, it's all down to um you know the human beings being very aware of Mm. you know their like they get too confident or they get too like 
you know, stuck in their ways. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly, uh, you know, a virus or whatever comes out. And every hundred years mm. does basically a population cull. And yeah. awful as it says, but, um, you know, the fun statistics is people die every day. Awful as it is, mm. but every day someone's dying. Every day someone's being born. A hundred years ago, I looked this up recently, a hundred years ago there was like something like three billion people on this planet. Mm-hmm. And now there's 7.8. Yeah. It's a huge growth a and we don't have the resources, unfortunately, to support that. Um, and this isn't to be heartless or anything, but it's just true because the, the population growth in the last hundred years has been phenomenally massive. And mm-hmm. as much as I love people, there's, you know, there's a lot of good people <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of awful people in the world. Absolutely. So it's kind of like it goes in two worlds. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, this year is just very much – People got to look at it in very like two ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, either a positive or a negative. And mm-hmm. you know, COVID um, COVID nineteen uh, isn't a positive experience on how you die. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people who have died either shouldn't have died, but the ones who had pre existing conditions, unfortunately, probably were going to die at some point anyway. Whether or not it was COVID that did it, they were going to get something else that unfortunately did, you know kill them and that's awful but it's kind of you know we've got to remember our own mortality um you know because and that's you know with faith and everything Mm. i think i think a lot of people were very much like um you know belief before 2020 i think a lot of people have obviously lost belief now and um you know you know you being a person of faith Mm -hmm. um and Myself being very much a person of, uh, I'd say I have spiritualistic qualities about myself, yeah. but it's definitely like I just, there's so much I question about the world. And I love it because there's, you know, there's a lot of science behind everything. But I feel like, you know, because of the way a very religious grandmother, and I loved <laughs> her very much, but I remember uh, she, she used to say this to, um, me and my brother where it was like you know you'd go to sin if you did these things and listen to things and I remember I'm thinking but none of these logically make any sense and I used to be a very inquisitive kid Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of why I always chose to believe the things but I also understand why Mm -hmm. people have faith Mm -hmm. and um like what's your I guess my question is what's kind of your stance on um you know faith and everything in a global sense at the moment, as well oh. as your own personal belief. Interesting. Yeah. I know. Sorry. It was a very no, deep question. This is deep. So for me personally, my faith has been my rock to hold on to in this storm of the year. Mm. And um, my belief and hope is that people find that rock that I also cling to. Um, but with the whole pandemic and I've noticed that I don't know if you ever realized this but a, quite a few people were I felt like everyone was really excited for 2020 yes <laughs> yeah everyone was so like excited. 20 I just looked at a few memes and they were like 2019 so glad you're gone 2020 <laughs> what have you done 2020 yeah. um, um but for like in a world view I guess I I think that you know God knew that this was going to happen, this, mm. this coronavirus, and he knew how it would happen and what it would have, what would, you know, the outcome of it would be. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that people should be mad at God for it. Like, to be honest, like, I just feel like 
I don't know, like if anything, they, they should use this as an opportunity to start exploring their faith and what they yeah. can believe. Like that's something I hoped that this year would be for a lot of people um, because I just personally couldn't, I couldn't live in, in a healthy way without knowing that there the best is yet to come and like yeah. there is a God in heaven who loves you and created you and um, as like probably silly as that sounds, it's comforting to me and it's comforted me through so many dark moments. Like it's comforted me through like an eating disorder. It's comforted me through my grandpa's death and through this whole year of just losing out on it. So many things I was supposed to do yeah. in the States. And um, I mean, it's all like super materialistic stuff that I'm probably c- sounds like I'm complaining about, but um, I've been super grateful to be able to look up and know that there's hope. And I think as humans, if you can live in a state of hope, then you're able to just, no matter what we're here for, you're able to just enjoy life just that mm. little bit more. Um, I don't think any of that sounds silly. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, really? <laughs> I don't think it sounds. And I think this is my stance on it. Mm-hmm. I think people need to really kind of like take a long, hard look at themselves when they say that things sound silly, because yeah. um, you know. Whatever you believe Mm -hmm. and however you, we are as people, Mm -hmm. our beliefs are kind of like, or in a way, our core values. Yeah. And they help us, you know, uh, get through, through this world. Um, You know, you talked about like having an eating disorder and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, having that feeling of someone, you know, being there, Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, when no one's there, is like... The nicest feeling. Yeah. It, it, I think, um, you know, having been someone who's had an eating disorder as well, mm. um, I totally kind of, you know, understand that. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up having faith in God and everything like that. And I kind of lost that when I got older. Yeah. But, um, you know, I ended up being a bit of a spiritualist. I, do, I don't think, so this is my belief where it's like, when we die, I don't think it's it. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know. I have no solid proof of anything other than um, just what I know in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it's and there's so many unanswered questions. Like how yeah. how does everything kind of just happen? Yeah. So there's a lot of like um, in in saying that I th- believe in a lot of different elements, and I believe okay. in a lot of like um, almost sounds really witchy. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're um, fine. Because I was talking, I was talking to with a friend and basically just like, I love mythology and I love a whole bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of what that grounds me in, and a lot of how my core values end up being is be kind and be considerate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and give what you expect to, re- you know, in return. And basically a lot of that is the same with, you know, believing in God and Christian faith and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like a lot of people interpret what they want out of religion as well, which is when it becomes a toxic thing. So I think, yeah, I think that's kind of like, um, I think, you know, it's my biggest, you know, cause I know you, you don't do this, but I know a lot of people who kind of use, use faith to attack. I hate that. And, mm. um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, just hearing, hearing, you know, like, there's a bunch of like gr- group actives out there who just go, um, you know, uh, you're going to hell if you do these things. And it's just yeah. like not true at all yeah. because otherwise 
we're all damned. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> every single person. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're a kid versus when you're an adult, everyone does dumb things. Like everyone oh, yeah. does mistakes Absolutely. and everyone does um, <laughs> fucked up things. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, but, it, you know, in saying that mm-hmm. when, you know, women's rights and women's entitlement to their bodies like you know there's that whole um group of people saying that um when you're pregnant you should have the child yes you know in one way yes it's not good to kill anything but also one way you don't have the right to say what you want over that person's body because individually they can also just do what they want Mm -hmm. and and the same thing is like I think a lot of people talk about the um, the Bible as being like shunning gay people, you know, or you're different and therefore you. I I love how much um, (laughs) this is when I, you know, you see in America that Jesus is very white. He wouldn't have been white. No, he wouldn't have. uh, He would be very, very much dark skinned. Um, Probably like he would have looked like Iranian. I think Yeah, and very dark olive sort of brownish skin. Yeah. And these depictions of this white blonde-haired man in America. Really? Well, you know how, like, he's either blonde or brunette or just, like, he's very, like, not anything. He doesn't look like the ethnicity that he was. Yeah, and I think that's kind of (laughs) why I find this is is the thing. I don't like how Americans interpret the Bible. Interesting, yeah. I don't like like how certain sectors of America (laughs) interpret it because I feel like, What's your stance of um, this as well? This is my argument okay. and it's my sort of conclusion with with politics as well. You okay. know how like with religion and politics, I think they shouldn't mix. Okay. What's your – because there are two minds about it. Yeah, this this is a tough one. Because religion is a personal journey and it should be a personal journey or mm. faith should be a, to that specific person. Yeah. As a country – not everyone's going to have the same values yeah, as you. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, so, you know, it's why I don't like a lot of, like, the you know, the liberal government enforcing their, you know, or any government enforcing, mm. you know, religious beliefs on people because then it's sort of like it's mm. not – it ends up being like wars because that's how, like, holy wars and, you know, all these things happened mm. rather than let people – you know, believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. People felt like, you know, as we were saying before, the entitlement to tell them they're wrong. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on those? Oh, well, my first thought kind of goes to like, if there's a politician who is claiming to walk the faith, you know, yeah, you know, preach, they've got to practice what they're preaching. Yeah. And a lot of them don't. <laughs> and a lot of them don't, which is so sad. And, um, very corrupt, I think, because it puts a bad name on yeah. what they're trying to preach when maybe they're not walking that um, out, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And so I think that if there is a person who is in pol- like the politician world, if they're going to say something about themselves, they actually they need to like buck up and actually be that. <laughs> you know, like I feel like a lot of like politicians are flimsy and just just go with the wind but Mm. i think there is a reason why people go to being politicians to you know make changes and you know influence the government and i think if people are going to tie religion or their faith to their work then they've got to commit to that they can't commit to trying to please everyone and i mean that probably sounds really harsh but like i think governments would be 
better they'd probably be better off with people that are sticking to what they believe they're there for yeah whether it's faith or not and um so i think i believe that god raises up people to put them into you know every walk of career like politician actress and um school teacher and there's a reason for that and people believe that god's put them there for a reason and as god as they walk out that god shows them why they're there um and maybe there's politicians that haven't been elected yet or whatever it's called um put in their positions just yet that are gonna actually be the kind of politicians that we need as a society um yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I I feel bad for kind of answering on that because I haven't really yeah, thought much thought on. much on it. Yeah, because like part of me is just like I'll be the like Australian Prime Minister and I'll I'll make everything right, you know. But, yeah. But that's just me trying to be like thinking my ways. I I think I think that's true though because like Jacinda Ardern, mm. really, you know, New Zealand Prime Minister has really done that. She stuck to Absolutely. her beliefs. Yeah. And her moral values. And she's very much not this fake person in front of the, like, she has her own Instagram account. I love it. Because you watch all the things and she talks exactly how she does in um, press meetings. Yeah. So it's really nice to see someone just be so genuine. And they had the mosque shooting, I think it was last year. Was it last December? It was like last December. And that was like, you know, we've had a couple of, I would say anti-religious you know, mm-hmm. situations, political situations because of um, wars that happen in other countries. Yeah. And a few years ago, we also had our own pretty big siege in Martin mm-hmm. Place oh, with the Link awful. Cafe. Um, yeah. But that man was actually like, he was known to quite a lot of people around that area. So they knew mm-hmm. him. And the scary thing was um, that, you know, because they knew him and the government yeah. really hadn't done, they had done a little bit about him, but they hadn't really gotten him into a should have been like this man's a danger and it Mm. turns out i remember um you know fearing that the media would say he's a terrorist and i can't remember if they did or not Mm. but now they've gone you know um that he was just a clinically very you know had no actual you know um, ISIS background he had no actual connection to them i think it was like he was very loosely connected but he was just basically like a very ill man yeah. who was trying to you know f- almost be on a suicide mission yeah. um which is awful but um i feel like that's kind of what people do they get you know there's a lot of prejudice when it comes to different people's religion and mm. you know i feel like you know having met a lot of people of different religious backgrounds mm-hmm. and how forward thinking some of them are like so forward thinking where it's just you know like um you have in the uh, you know in most religions that they don't like gay people they don't like this that and the other and um speaking as a person who's bi it's sort of very reassuring when someone just doesn't go you know oh well you you like this and you like that mm-hmm. and it's very whereas you know 50 years ago mm-hmm you were very much criticised yeah. for liking anything other yeah. than what was normal. Yeah. And um, I really think that we're in a now stage where hopefully the people's opinions on religion and the way religion is forming mm. is going to help change the world yeah. because I feel like it shouldn't be this contention mm. 
anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's wrong to be a contention. It's just good to believe different yeah. things and be individual people, but be mm. a good person. Like that's yeah. all we, we've got to take from these core beliefs Yeah, is we're going to, you know, as you say, a better place and, you know, being a better person and just, just being, love thy neighbor. you know, <laughs> basically. And mm. I think that's where people go wrong is they mm-hmm. sort of go, you know, your, you know, belief is different to mine and yeah. therefore we can't see eye to eye. And I'm like, no. And that's awful that that happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause you know, you had a sort of, are we allowed to talk about your um, sibling situation? Where do you want to talk about that? You know, the one I'm referring to. Oh, can we? Talk? Oh, oh, about my brother who's gay. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk yeah, about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was like, you were looking. He to might just... like disown me for a while. Yeah, I know. After this, but yeah, um, no. But I think it's you know he was a little bit contentious about telling you because, um, yeah. you know, of your faith. Yeah. And, but you don't at an island really Not kind of towards it what how does that make you feel that that sort of contention was placed upon you what upset me was the fact that he thought that he couldn't talk to me mm. because i'm someone that wants to help as many people as i can through anything and, and you know i don't always have the tools and the equipment to make things right for people but i am a listening ear yeah and so my brother sent me a text message telling me that he was gay. He, he came out to me in a text message and then kind of at the end of it was saying like, um, I've been scared to tell you because of your faith. And now I was so upset that he kind of brought my faith into it because I, I've interpreted like what God has put on the table for me right now or at the time I prayed. I was like, God, how can I like – help my brother or not so much help him not be gay like that's not the case at all yeah it was how can I show him that I love him and still you know be able to um like sh- show him that I'm still gonna live how I'm gonna live and yeah he's gonna live how he's gonna live so don't, you know not creating that um you know by divide through yeah yeah mm. i wanted to if anything bring have this bring us together and be closer yeah and so i prayed and i asked god like i said god like how can i help my brother for this time and this season and he said which is like an, an interpretation in my yeah, heart yeah, yeah. kind of you know not like tubby this is what you need to do yeah it was um <laughs> on a giant megaphone like yeah, speaker yeah um he wasn't like tubby down there <laughs> like tell me it, it was like i just felt like i cannot like my actions will speak louder than my words. Yeah. And so I thought if I just um, showed him that I loved him and support him um, to be safe and healthy and maybe one day he'd like to talk to me about my faith, but I just felt like it was so important not to turn around and be like, how dare you, you disgusting, yeah. you know, because that's not it. Like he is a child of God and, and until he, like God created him and, you know, there's like this, thing with our faith that it it kind of if you confess with your lord if sorry if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord then you're saved and kind of until he does that like kind of prayer and like speaks to god himself yeah um, or like anybody in that that you know in who doesn't oh i, feel I know like i know what, this. no 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 i know what you mean and but uh, yeah so like i've butchered this completely but, <laughs> but I think I'm trying to come from like a, a point of like 
he's got to talk to God about that. Yeah. I'll help him and talk to him and encourage him with what I think, but... But it's not all, it's not being like in a way where, you know, and, and to clarify for everyone, it's not in a way to sort of stop him being gay. It's to just, um, you know, yeah, you know, be allowed to, um, talk, you know, either discover his faith, yeah. um, and just, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing as well. You know, people get very scared of, you know, I think, you know, confiding in God or confiding in. Yeah. Or talking to that whole either, you know, because I think they'll be told to act differently. Yeah. But I don't, you know, you know, God will accept anyone, you know, uh, basically just don't murder people. It's like, <laughs> don't, you know, don't do maim other people or be self-centered is kind of like how I interpret that whole. So, like, it's kind of, I think God says, come as you are. He'll meet you where you are. So, you can be in the like highest position of CEO or like yeah. you know have all the money in the world and God would still want you to come to him at, yeah. like at, he doesn't want you to lose all your money and be like all right now you can talk to me but <laughs> but he's also not like if you're in a position where you're in you know, you're living in a sewer or something and yeah. and you have done terrible things well you, you would think terrible things God is going to want you right there and then in that sewer. Yeah. And he's going to want you to talk to him and, and, you know, converse in trying to get to know him a bit more and build your life up. Um, yeah. And so I just, I just hope I'm doing like a good, good I, th- job. I think like, you, you are. Know. Like, I, I, um, it's educating me as well. Yeah. Because, you know, this is, uh, I feel, I feel like that's kind of, you know, not what I was taught when I was younger as well. Yeah. It was, you know, because talking to you now and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about faith and everything is very different to kind of like how most people are taught yeah. when they're a young age. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, this stems off like the fact that, you know, my nan was very much of a <laughs> yeah. certain type of, yeah. a certain type of faith. So she would, you know, it was no sex before marriage, mm-hmm. no tattoos, mm-hmm. um, no piercings oh. and like, I know. Um, cause I think it was with me and my brother. So we were both guys and I think she didn't associate those with guys. Yeah. And the other one was, um, no, kind of, she didn't encourage swearing. She didn't stop us. She didn't encourage oh, us. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, both my, my brother has recently just gotten married. Yeah. Um, and now he lives with his wife in Germany and I love both of them so much. Beautiful. But, um, you know, they are not religious, but they got married because it's one, it's legally easier. So the reason most people get married these days is either, you know, for tax reasons or mm. for religious reasons. Or green cards. Yeah, or, or green <laughs> cards, like, yeah. Um, and I think for me, the reason I would get married is um, definitely if I really loved someone mm-hmm, and it would mm-hmm. have to be like, you know, when I was 10, when I was even five, I've always wanted to get married. Beautiful. And I think it's just like, Still part of me that wants yeah. to get married. Yeah, of it's, course. But I think for me, it's to find the right person oh, who absolutely. I just absolutely want to spend the rest of my life yeah. with. Because marriage is such a big deal to me. Such a big deal. Good. Um, it yeah, it's not deal. something I just kind of like throw away. I know. But I, um, but I think with like, you know, sex and everything and a little bit more like that, you know, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of how I interpret love. And mm-hmm. I think I'm very much like, I will give my everything mm-hmm. to the person who I really care about um, versus like, 
other people who kind of give halves and little increments. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, because I talked about this with recently someone, I'm a very busy person. Yeah. So if I give anyone the time of day, mm. it's generally because I want them in my life. That's now, so you know, how that develops yeah. over time becomes a certain thing. Absolutely. So, but yeah, with, in terms of like, you know, my nan being like, no sex before marriage, that failed. <laughs> and uh, my brother has tattoos. I don't, but I've always been tempted. I have tattoos, uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and piercings. And piercings. And, I, uh, you know, I haven't got piercings either. So, I mean, like, for me, it's just being like, oh, and I think, yeah, she wasn't keen. I don't think she was against, uh, you know, us not being straight. My brother's straight. I, I kind of deduce that. Uh-huh. He's very straight. Um, <laughs> me, on the other hand, a fluttery butterfly. Um, and <laughs> I think it's like I, I have always been much more attracted to women than I have mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of just like how my brain goes. Yeah. Um, but I remember being about... 26 when I came out and I know oh, wow. that yeah it was quite oh long. yeah it was recent wasn't it yeah it wasn't what, that long ago yeah. so it was like a couple of years ago um but I remember you know and I came out to my parents quite recently which was quite funny <gasps> I know but they found out from an Instagram oh. so <laughs> I didn't know they didn't know so I found that very like cute and funny yeah but um my mum was like tell us uh, <laughs> i was like well um but now they know and they don't really yeah. care like they, they have no queries over it that's but, good they've supported but i mean that was like always kind of a you know even when you acknowledge something like that you know um it's very much a you know people talk about phases and everything mm. and i think mm. you know when you when you have like especially in your 20s mm-hmm. and especially like this is the time where we become the people we're going to be for, almost mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives absolutely um so for me mm-hmm. like where i am right now in terms of like comfortability and who i am mm. is much better than i was in 2019 mm. and i think that you know i'm like with you with 2020 i've just kind of found a lot of things that kind of solidify my faith and solidify my, me as a person, yeah. Okay. Um, like in terms of mental health, and we'll get on more topics about mental health. Um, you know, like we were both talking about um having eating disorders. Yeah. Like I came out of mine when I was probably about twenty four. Wow. That was when I was seeing a psychologist. Yeah. Um, was yours? Is it um bulimia or anorexia? I had bulimia with anorexic tendencies. Ooh, so you had a good combo. Good combo. Uh, I had just anorexia, which yeah. um I got. Uh, I don't know if this happened to you. Mm. I got to the stage where, like, my skin would hurt. Did you ever get to that stage? Um, So I was experiencing, like, just crazy stuff. Like, my hair um, was falling out. My I had sores on my knuckles and my skin just was not olive anymore. Um, It would – I would bruise really easily. it's just crazy. And and um the skin hurting thing, like I'm not I'm not sure I can't really recall a time of being like, Oh, my skin hurts. You yeah. Know? Um but and I wonder if that's maybe because like I did feel my body in yeah. the sense of like so I never got super super thin I was thin, um, but I was never super bony, I wanna say. Yeah. Because when you have bulimia, um it's just like a standard of you you sometimes don't look like you have bulimia or an yeah. eating disorder. And so I feel like I was maybe at that I was very tiny, very petite. I see photos of myself now and I'm like, 
uh, back then now and I'm like oh my gosh I was I just never realized how little I was yeah and um so I yeah just I was very nauseous all the time and just is not pleasant at all yeah. i couldn't concentrate i barely remember quite a few years of my life because i wasn't a, i wasn't aware of a lot of stuff because my body was barely functioning yeah i felt like i was more irritable um i was definitely yeah. more <laughs> i had a really bad anxiety like i was having anxiety attacks at school swimming carnivals yeah in the middle of like the shopping centers just crazy stuff i had i remember once one of my friends was just like oh you know you know, you've, you you lose. You know, you look like you're losing weight, and it was mm. kind of like the first thing that kind of clicked oh, for me at the time. Yeah. Being like, but I remember feeling very self conscious. I was like, no, I'm still like big, and I still need to lose this weight. And yeah. I was just like, but it's such mm. a constant mental battle. Yeah. You don't kind of realize it. it's like a silent thing in your head. Yeah. It's very silent, and um, anyone who's suffering from any eating disorder do mm. go and see a please. psych or like please, or somewhere please, on a doctor about up. it. Um, because it is very, yeah. it's very isolating, but I think with the way I interpret it and I, it's still like why I'm a bit of an odd eater now, mm-hmm. like I'll eat big meals, but I won't snack. Yeah. And a lot of that is because I don't get very hungry or I just kind of like think that I'm not hungry when yeah. I am, but I yeah. do eat, like I eat yeah. much better now. I eat a Good. lot more, Good. but I definitely do know that the tendencies haven't entirely left. They do still linger. Oh, the tind- the tendencies are very much like, – or the, the urge yeah. definitely lingers. Um, But, I mean, like, with with anxiety as well, and you talked about, like, you know, we talked about depression. Mm-hmm. How, how does your depression manifest in, you know, these days? How do you feel like it manifests? And then how do you cope with it? Oh, I think – I probably get more on the anxiety side. So, like, I feel like my depression is, like, will only make an appearance when something really traumatic has gone down. So, like, my grandpa passing away. Yeah. Um, and that was – I dealt with that by cooking healthy meals, exercising, and trying to make game plans of what I'd like the rest of this year to look like. And even though it doesn't didn't look like any – like now that we're at the end of the year, it hasn't looked like what I thought. But just kind of keeping my mind busy and looking to things that were um, creating an excitement for me for life, fueling joy. And, yeah. um, you know, there are moments where I feel – like sometimes I get those thoughts like I wish I don't exist, you know, because I'm so overwhelmed with everything and yeah. I don't feel like there's a place for me. But if you wake up in the morning and you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Yeah. And so I think, you know, sometimes I feel like I might be a little down and so I try and figure out why I'm down and what's triggered that. And I definitely, I don't ever sit with an emotion, but I, even if I have to crawl through it, to figure out what's going on. I just won't sit still with a negative, like, yeah. sadness or... Well, just, yeah. You know. And yeah, I guess you take what your grandfather said, which is, break, you know, take the emotion out. you got to take out. the emotion out of it. Yeah. yeah which I, so, I love that saying, actually. You do? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Good. Because it's very, like, helpful because so many times I've taken the emotion out of it now and I'm like, wow, I was being really irrational because <laughs> I was being, you know, just super... Know, just emotional about yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, also, you know, I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off or anything. Like, no, you're okay. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like anxiety manifests in such 
unusual ways. So many. Um, yeah. Like I, it's funny. I, what people assume about me mm-hmm. is that I'm really confident. I'm really like, as me you were saying, <laughs> like, and, and you were just like, oh, he's so chatty and you're so good at conversations. And like in my head mm-hmm. is the complete opposite. No way. So I know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's, it's all kind of like a front. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that I say that because it's like, um, you know, what people hear on the podcast and everything is I don't put a facade on. I just kind of talk Good. how I want. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that kind of opens up that conversation of mm-hmm. just you're very different as people. But then also I love my alone time. And oh, I remember. Me too. It's like mm-hmm. alone time's great. Um, like spending it with people's great as well. But mm-hmm. alone time is just like so good. Mm-hmm. And I went to go and see the, um, see a movie last night. And I mm-hmm. thought, uh, you know, went by myself and it was great. I had the best time. Bought, um, bought an ice cream and had a um, fizzy drink. And I was like, yeah, that's yes, great. Boy. Um, <laughs> but I remember going and then being like, I haven't done something for myself like this. Mm-hmm. You know, because 2020 COVID, you know, with all these um things that make it hard to go out yeah um it was nice to go to a very like empty theater where there was not that many people there was mm. probably about 15 people max in the wow. theater so yeah. it was like because they're being covered safe they're kind of like spreading you out to limited seats mm. so i thought that was really good and then i sat in my little seat by myself and i was just having the nicest time because i went and left the cinema been like that was me that was very much for me I didn't have to do anything for others. Mm. And it was like one of the few times where I felt like this year has been this weird time where I've tried to do so many things for mm. other people yeah. to fill their – and I'm one of those people who does do that, like mm-hmm. in overdrive. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I kind of forget where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, and, you know, would you do – you'd describe yourself as that kind of person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Like, how how do you pull yourself out of that? Or do you not pull yourself? Well, it's not until recently where I had a, I was in a situation where I realized that I wasn't giving my best to that friend of mine because I was in a constant state of tears. I was crying all the time. Yeah. And that made me realize something wasn't right. And I thought, you know, I need to step back and I need to just heal a little bit more and like take some time for me to just sit on my balcony and eat my di- dinner or just um do some more cooking or go exercise a bit more or um just feel feel my feel my life with things that bring me a bit more joy yeah so that i fill up my own little cup and then when i am pouring out to others i'm not pouring from an empty cup yeah because when you you, you can't pour from an empty cup so nobody's benefiting that and so I I would say like it's not it's only a recent thing where I've realized that sometimes I overcompensate and I over over deliver maybe with mm. caring for someone and then I'm like oh my gosh I'm at my wits end because I've just completely gone and just expent all, uh, sorry spent all my energy on trying to help someone and and spent more than that you know yeah and it's and it's so easy to fall into yeah so um, easy and sometimes you don't realize like for a really long time what what you're missing yeah yeah um you know obviously i think that we fall and and it's not to say that you know these people don't realize mm-hmm. like you know the friends who kind of don't register how you're feeling but it is you do 
you got to also like pull yourself back from it. Mm. And it's so hard when no one's keeping check of you. You're oh, just, absolutely. you're keeping check of someone and they're checking themselves. But mm. I want to say that, you know, and this is a common human behavior where we're really bad at kind of reaching out and checking on mm-hmm, others. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think that that creates a very, you know, one-sided friendship or one-sided um, relationship on anyone and I think that where you know you kind of put this wall up and you go I'm fine don't worry about me and it's like well then why is someone asking how you are if they but some people also mm. genuinely just don't want to know like yeah. some people genuinely just I ask know. out of courtesy yeah. and um and then they're like oops shouldn't have asked. yeah I know. <laughs> it's like I've opened a floodgate and I'm backing away yeah um so I feel like with that uh, you know, that makes kind of us in this weird kind of position where we, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, we, we do these journeys alone in a way because we're looking after others. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you find that's very like true of, you know, most of, you know, 2020 for you now since you're. Yes, I very much everyone else I've been looking out for and I feel like. I have lacked in having someone pull me up and tell me you're doing too much or you're doing, you're not, you know, you're, you're not benefiting anyone by burning out, you know? And so, um, just recently when my friend that I was just talking about, about how like I was always crying, they'd turn around and and say like, are you okay? And I, I would, I would, I would say like, yes, but then I, w- I wasn't fine. And eventually, you know, after maybe another two or three times of them asking, I was like, well, no, I'm not okay. Like I'm very overwhelmed and I just feel like my, you know, they deserved better because I was always more for, I felt, I felt like 90% of the time I was in tears, which it wasn't that much. Like it was, yeah. you know, I just felt like I, they deserved to have someone around that was supportive and, and I was supportive, but I just felt like, the support there was just barely being held by strong pillars. Like, yeah, if that makes sense. I just felt like I was being held by toothpicks instead of yeah, strong pillars. So if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that makes sense. And I feel like, you know, you're being pushed to, you know, that, that goes also with the whole like two different kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, relationships and friendships and stuff mm-hmm. is when you do have that other person helping you stay strong. And yeah. when someone doesn't do that, you do feel like you're you're being the support. Yeah. Um and a lot of a lot of people do that. Like yeah. unintentionally. Absolutely. I don't think people do it maliciously. Some do. Mm. But yeah. most people don't do it maliciously where you do kind of have to hold the um the situation up and you're being the the yeah. brunt of the like the legs and the arms and when you're not okay suddenly the floodgates open yeah and basically they just don't like compute what entirely is wrong i think uh you know i think a lot of people lack empathy and and sympathy yeah um which surprises me greatly Mm. um you know then people kind of do that because it take take it with the whole like coronavirus situation mm-hmm. and then you've got like people who will go into the shopping malls and everything like that mm-hmm. and they're fighting for like toilet paper or they're fighting for mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. you just got but also like yeah. people are just attacking people sometimes for like out of respect for most people i feel like the biggest contention that i have at the moment is when people pretend like covid isn't still a, isn't a thing anymore mm-hmm. um 
and you see people go to the, you know, I love the beach like anyone, but I don't like going to crowded beaches at the moment because oh, I'd rather absolutely. like, you know, 10 people. On Even the just in general, I hate going to crowded beaches. Yeah. But I mean, like now it's more anxiety driven because yeah. I'm just like, oh God, if I, if one of these people is sick, mm-hmm. I have to go and get tested and I have to go to work and all this stuff. So it's a very much stress. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people kind of compute Mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. kind of just think oh it hasn't affected me so therefore it doesn't exist and i'm like yeah. you're a moron then because that's so selfish mm-hmm. and not really like you automatically know i always wear a mask when i'm on public transport good I'd like yeah. and i think outside of public transport don't have to wear a mask unless you're mm-hmm. in a crowded area in which case do mm-hmm. you know just if you're in a shop or any ventilated area do kind of wear one because mm-hmm. it's just out of respect for others mm-hmm. whether or not you believe you should be, mm-hmm. do it for respect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see all those, like, interviews with people and just going, I shouldn't do this, you know, like, screw you. And, like, I remember when COVID was a massive thing in Melbourne and people in Bunnings were going, please wear a mask, and the staff were getting abused. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is wrong? Yeah. yeah why is there this level like, of... Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. These people are just trying to help. Yeah. They're trying to do the right thing Yeah. so that no one gets sick. Yeah. And, I mean, um, you know, this has been the lowest we've ever had flus. This year has been oh one of the God. lowest. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's be- because basically everyone's just socially distancing. Mm-hmm. The flu really couldn't do much. Yeah. Um, so it makes kind of a whole bunch of sense statistically that this, you know, is going the way it is. But I mean, also, it's kind of very annoying when you hear people talk about this being a government hoax yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> it affects people in different ways. And yes, it's a real thing. But whether or not you know people who have died or have got it and they've gotten over it, mm. doesn't excuse the fact that don't be a dick to others. Like, yeah. just be nice. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like how I feel on it. But how do you, like, are you in the same sort of boat with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's important to wear masks when it's necessary. Like, when you're in public transport. I have been really blessed to not have to be in certain situations like going to work and wearing a mask like um i have i feel like i've done really good at social distancing there was this one time where i was in the supermarket and somebody dropped something off the shelf Mm. and i picked it up and that was within one and a half meters space you know like so i accidentally went a bit closer to them to just and it was just it wasn't it wasn't like oh I'm gonna break the bubble and just do it because I'm gonna give them coronavirus it was like I was like oh my gosh I saw someone down like and I grabbed the um I think it was can of soup and I was like I'm so sorry like don't worry about it like here you go yeah um and they're like thank you so much and I was like oh by the way I don't have coronavirus I'm so sorry and like (laughs) I walked away you know and he was he looked at me like oh yeah coronavirus is a thing you know and and so I felt really like bad that I had to turn around and be like sorry I don't have coronavirus you know but at the same time I wanted to do that because I didn't want him thinking how dare she you know break the bubble like it was like I, it was just an absolute out of um what's the word yeah I know. it just happened like I just picked it up and helped him yeah and and it wasn't it's just the gesture it was just the gesture that I like a, a nice gesture that I'd you know I felt I just felt bad for doing it after because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. But then at the same time, like maybe I was helping prevent him from having a back strain or a back injury from leaning down and getting the suit. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean, I try to look at it in a positive, but um, I think that it's really important that you do not abuse workers at Bunnings or Wool- Woolworths. You know, like you don't 
you know, everyone's aware that we need to be social distancing. And if people aren't social distancing, I've seen a couple of scenarios where people are like, you're a bit close, love. And how dare you? You're too close to me. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I've seen people like on YouTube being bashed for like, yeah. you know, all sorts of. And so I think the best thing to do. Sorry, I just cut you off just no, now. No, you're all good. Um, the best thing to do is like if you are uncomfortable, you either remove yourself from it, um, like that situation, or you just politely say like, I'm you're a bit close could you please and if they turn around and they like are mad at you then you can just remove yourself you know yeah. just even if it's for five minutes like that's all you've got to do um i think uh, yeah. that's so true and i think that people go i don't have to <laughs> i mm. you know i have the right i can have this grounded mm. sort of stance on things yeah. and i'm like don't, you have to be flexible in 2020 you be, yeah you have to be so <laughs> flexible and i mean like i think that one of the nice i had a friend who i saw recently when i met up with her for coffee and i said oh you know because you know not everyone's hugging so it was like um you know a yeah. hug and she was like oh a socially distance hug i was like okay that was the first person who i'd kind of met mm. in ages who didn't yeah. want to hug and i was like oh okay that's fine but it was yeah. such a kind of like that's right 2020 not everyone's comfortable also yeah. but you know before 2020 not everyone's a hugger yeah that's a kind of thing <laughs> kind of res- it's just respecting people's personal boundaries yeah and that's what we've got to break it down to yeah because um but yeah like i think in in saying all that you know you're 100 right don't shoot the messenger and um, i think just understand that we're in this sort of world together. We're in this yeah, journey together. We are. We're all in this together. Um, this is kind of like... And the fact that it's global shows every single one of us that we're all in this together. Yeah. But I mean, like, people love to, like, be like, this is my journey alone. I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, I I think the most... This has been the year that probably the most understanding in terms of, like, everyone's mental health oh, as well. Yeah. Um, I think I've definitely reached out to friends and been like, hey... This isn't happening because of blah reasons. And they go, yeah, no worries. That's fine. Like, we'll just work on it when everything's mm-hmm. okay again and the world's, yeah. like, not dying. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, you know, we've been quite fortunate as well to be able to still make certain stuff and do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it does create a little bit of, you know, like, with the creative arts, it does kind of, like, hinder yeah. a little bit of what mm-hmm. we can do mm-hmm. um, in terms of, like, regulations and all that mm-hmm. like we've we've had a bit of like a step back mm-hmm. but we are still able to do small projects i think this is the, the, the this year and next year are going to be the years of small mm-hmm. projects because i don't think you can do anything big in terms of like you know they, marvel have just started doing their big like movie blockbusters and everything like that mm-hmm. um and i think even then you you know most people quarantine for two weeks when they arrive it's yeah. such a long wait yeah and i think like then they've got to go home and quarantine again. So you've got to mm. factor all all of this stuff. And kind of like if it flares up again in the States, and, you know, like the States is worse off than we are. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, in Australia we just, you know, really kind of have to factor all those things in and yeah. work on it. So it's, it is a very interesting time. Like what are you excited, I guess, for 20, 2021 going into? Oh, my into? gosh. Yeah, well, I'm first of all, like, I mean, it has to do with, the entertainment industry but god willing i actually get qualified to become a stunt action yeah um, person so that'd be really a stunt actor like well there's different like levels so hopefully i'll be like one step closer to being a stunt actor and a stunt double and things like that but 
I'm really looking forward to, yeah, having that happen. Like that's something I really want and that's so getting qualified for that would be great and then hopefully once I'm qualified there are going to be projects around and hopefully I fit the bill for a few things and I can start working as a yeah. woman um but until that you know I'm, I'm looking forward to 2021 because um I think it's just going to be a bit fresher to go into the year and just know that things will still like will continue to get better hopefully you know yeah um i'm looking forward to 2021 just just to see what it brings like hopefully it brings more good than 2020 <laughs> mm. and i think it will you know um and yeah like i haven't thought too much oops uh, too much about 2021 because i've been so engrossed in engrossed in in like yeah yeah in 2020 but um, I do know that 2021, like I believe for everyone will be better just as long as you have the right attitude and you just, yeah. you know, you're kind to everyone. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> but you don't think like um, in terms of travel and everything, you st- are you sticking towards like, you know, working here? Oh, yeah, working here. I can't. I, I, for some reason, like when I thought, well, when I first heard that we weren't going to be able to do international travel, I had already booked tickets to California and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, no, this is fine. Like, it's going to be fine come July, which is when my tickets were booked. And then all of a sudden it got to July and no flights were going to America. And I was like, oh, dear. And so I kind of now I'm under the impression that we could be a couple of years away from international travel. Yeah. So if I was to travel for work, like that would be maybe a work thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any intentions or aspirations just yet to go overseas especially because like if i do go overseas it'd be america and america isn't looking super pretty right now yeah so, yeah <laughs> i mean are you planning to be a stunt woman over there with is that your kind of dream i think i want to stick to australia and then just if there's an opportunity to move over to the states or the uk then um or even like yeah, just wherever the work is, like I'll go for a season or for the season of the film. Yeah. Um, but I f- definitely feel like Australia is home base, um, at least for now, because we're so lucky with how safe and like we're just really lucky with how safe yeah. we are here. It's been a blast, by the way. Thank you for talking yes. to me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for letting me talk. It's um, so nice. Yeah, no, it's been a blast. Uh, I've actually like looking at the time. It's been like wrap things up but um no thank you so much for coming and actually having thank a you for having me. deep chat about things and everything oh. i've actually really loved this oh yay um, me too i'm glad um all right next week everyone will hear me chat again uh for the final episode of the things we do season one and i guess um yeah speak to you all then <laughs>